This is Bill Newman, WHMP. Welcome to the show. I hope everyone had a good celebration and observation of Martin Luther King Day. Obviously, an important day in our history, an important day to commemorate. And I have some solace that this has not turned into a commercial holiday. So thank you for all of your participation in those events observing Martin Luther King's birthday yesterday. We have with us today, because it is Monday, it is Mayor's Monday on WHMP, and we have with us the Mayor of East Hampton, Nicole LaChapelle. Madam Mayor, thank you so much for joining us today, as you do once a month on a Monday. Happy to be here. Isn't it Tuesday? It is, but it's Mayor's Monday because it's the first day of the week. So thanks for your flexibility, and thank you for reminding me that I'm 24 hours behind the rest of the world, having just noted that. But oh well. I was I was more worried for myself. Actually. <laughs> I was like, Wait a minute, I have my schedule set. Right. <laughs> okay. This is Tuesday's Mayor's Monday on WHMP. Everything is just going <laughs> swimmingly so far. Madam Mayor, thank you so much for being with us. I'd like to start by asking yeah. you about Winterfest in East Hampton. I know we had a three-day weekend uh, this past weekend. Winterfest is coming up. A really unusual kind of winter celebration in East Hampton. I don't think everyone from outside of your city knows about it. So tell us about Winterfest, when it is, what it is, and why it is. So Winterfest is a um, fundraiser for the Nashawanic Pond. Um, I have to pause and uh, just say that the Nashawanic Pond Committee uh, all volunteers completely takes care of the pond and has since it's been dredged. So this money... Uh, and we, should, we should note, this is the beautiful pond in the middle of East Hampton. Yes, my, yes, it is. Um, so we have... Um, so anyways, Winterfest is uh, sponsored by the Nashawanic uh, Pond Committee, and it takes care of federal permitting uh, that we might need and testing of the water... Uh, this is one of the amazing kind of examples of volunteerism in East Hampton, where this pond committee stepped up um, when Nashawanic Pond in the center of East Hampton was dredged and then refilled and there was a promenade. So this is one of their um, biggest, um, this is one of their biggest uh, fundraisers. And every uh, year it grows um, but also it celebrates um, the pond and winter and the history of winter in East Hampton. It's one full day on February 11th of 2023. Um, and there are so many uh, activities. We have horse rides. Uh, we have hay rides. We have a gale ball. Um, we, you can go to nashawanicpond.org and see all the really heavy schedule of, of what they've got going on. It is, it is truly amazing. And this is an entire day event in East Hampton. It's been going on for how long? Oh, now you've got... Sorry. Oh, this is the 10th annual. Oh. 10th annual. Wow. Yeah, 10th annual. Um, and if you go onto the, the website, you can see every single uh, activity, but it's, it's, you know, you're welcome to buy pond um, T-shirts and, and sweatshirts, but it's also this amazing celebration. There's no admission cost, um, and you can go to one of 12 events throughout the city. There are getting ready events right now you can see online to prepare for Winterfest. I think the only thing we will not be doing this year will be um, cutting ice and uh, doing an old fashion uh, uh, old fashioned example of ice fishing. I, I'm thinking right now we will not be on the ice at all today. I yes, mean, uh, on the 11th. I think that would literally put us on thin ice these days. <laughs> I, I, I do note that I did, while you were speaking, do exactly what you suggested and go to the website and found out that this year's theme for Winterfest is decadence. Whoa, that's cool. Mm -hmm. To celebrate 10 years of bringing Winterfest to East Hampton. So it sounds very exciting. I'd like to uh, go to a couple of policy matters that are affecting East Hampton and bring our listeners up to date. 
Madam Mayor, we've talked on this show, and I know you have been uh, involved very deeply in the schools in East Hampton, as all mayors are, and their respective cities. I'd be interested in your bringing us up to date about where things stand in East Hampton with regard to, in particular, the investigation that had been done, the uh, involvement of uh, civil rights uh, divisions, I think, of the uh, state uh, the Attorney General's office. Where does all of that stand in East Hampton now? So there was a, an action plan uh, that was created at the end of the AG's um, investigation. The event happened in 2017. Investigation was uh, finished up in 2018. And then at the end of 2020, um, the uh, plan was fully completed, which was mostly the reporting and the data, but um, the actions and changes in the school structure, especially East Hampton High, were done by 2019. Um, as a part of that, uh, we've rolled that into a statewide, I'm sorry, a citywide initiative, and then that led to, um, unfortunately, but fortunately, uh, the mayor's pledge after George Floyd was uh, murdered. So we've done um, a lot of soul searching, a lot of focus groups, a lot of workshops and trainings, and now we're putting it into action. The Mayor's Pledge Report, um, which is an ongoing um, report and pledge I took on June 3rd um, of 2020, uh, the um, puts together, actually puts in action the recommendations, including those of the school. Um, it's still tons of work in, in the high school as well as in the, the city, but the mayor's pledge keeps us all on point. I'll be publishing an update of where we are on that pledge in the next, probably, uh, next 10 days. Wow. Let's go back. Let's backfill a bit. Can you refresh our memories as to what the incident or incidents were that, re that led to the investigation by the attorney general, what the investigation showed? and then what the action plan became? So the, the incident itself was um, a series of smaller events started on social media, but also in the school around um, a poster of a Muslim woman, a young woman, and somebody drew like a, a gun to her head. Additionally, uh, there were um, many degrading um, small videos on Snapchat and social media that really built uh, a tension between the students. There was um, a physical fight, and at that physical fight, um, three young men were arrested, and they were all BIPOC. Um, anyone out, there was no other discipline in the fight, um, and it really launched a good look at what happened in that fight, but as well, uh, what were the conditions and a data review of uh, conditions in the high school. Uh, and we found that there were really big disparities between discipline, um, dis uh, disparities as far as um, smaller infractions of, of suspension, um, some concerns about uh, classes, availability, and they weren't, the, they weren't equal. Um, there was no equity between white and BIPOC students. So the, and we found that to be up, you know, starting the administration and go down to daily schedules of students' class, the AG, in conjunction with the then mayor and um, the then mayor and superintendent put together um, a 10-point report of what needed to change, the timeline, and also reporting that to the Attorney General's office um, on a regular basis where they meet and go over um, uh, the data. And you say the mayor and the uh, superintendent. What, what year did this, these series of events happen? 2017, the year before I took office. And then the attorney general became involved, and the attorney general did an investigation and issued a report, if I recall. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And the, yes, what, yes. You what you just stated, are those the conclusions of the attorney general's report? Yes, those are the conclusions, um, as well as the 
Department of Justice came in and did a site-based intervention with the students um, to put the recommendations and what they were actually being, the conditions they were being educated in, um, uh, to, to open to diversity, equity, take a look at the systemic bias. Um, and that resulted in uh, the Center for Diversity and Inclusion in the, in the high school, uh, which is still exists. Um, another, I, I should mention too, um, the three BIPOC students um, were arrested. Uh, they were charged um, and went through a long court proceeding um, to uh, work through uh, what had happened and what not, and, and that ended up in settlements. Um, but dramatic dramatic and uh, traumatic events for the school and these three young men. The charges, as I recall, were eventually dismissed uh, against the BIPOC students who had been charged. Uh, Did the plan, the action plan, was that part of the attorney general's or the uh, uh, investigation and report, or was that something that the school committee or that your office developed Tell us more about that, if you would, please. The 10-point plan came from the AG's recommendation to the superintendent and the mayor at the time. And from there, they needed to come up with an action plan, and that was the um, 10-point action plan that we used to measure, um, you know, how what changes were taking place with the rate of suspension, uh, discipline, absences, um, and what tools we put into place if they were effective. And, and cor- course offerings and the other matters that you discussed, I take it, were part of the plan as well? Equal. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. That goes back, This these incidents go back to 2017, you just told us. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a while. What, mm-hmm. has, what has been the result of implementing this action plan, and can you measure whether or not there is greater equality and equality of opportunity in the East Hampton schools today? So the curriculum has definitely um, shifted to more inclusionary um, curriculum, as well as the Center for Diversity and Inclusion remains open, providing um, support uh, for students in a safe space, as well as heading up several, um, I would you know, celebrations certainly on one level, but um, really hands-on, community-informed um, um, commemorations and uh, the telling of a true history around Black History Month, Hispanic um, History Month, um, Latino History Month, and, and whatnot, but as well as art, bringing um, art, BIPOC art, um, in, that tells the history of African Americans. Um, it's really it's a little center that that does just um, so much. Looking at the data on the Department of Education website, which is where we report, um, we still have work to do. Uh, there are uh, gaps that you you know you would hope not to see, um, but around suspensions and um, around kids who. Um, may just drop out because of a credit issue. Um, and they, they tend to trend. That, that happens more frequently with our BIPOC students. We are speaking with East Hampton Mayor Nicole LaChapelle. This is Mayor's Monday on WHMP. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk a bit about policing and infrastructure and budgets. And you want to hear this. We'll be right back. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. 
For the first time in the history of the country and of the history of the United States, the Supreme Court has taken away a constitutional right. I would also describe this day as a day when women in the United States and people who can become pregnant have become second-class citizens. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Comedy as a Weapon presents Comedy for Cause, the Teacher's Night Out Edition, Saturday, January 21st at the Academy of Music in Northampton. Join comedians like Timothy Lovett, Kim DeShields, Maya Mannion, and nationally recognized star Hank Denson. Denson is open for comedy superstars like Jamie Foxx, Cedric the Entertainer, Amy Schumer, and Rodney Perry. Comedy Cause for the Teacher's Night Out Edition at the Academy of Music in Northampton. Doors open at 7.30 p.m., tickets cost $25, and will benefit the Literacy Project. Visit ComedyWeapon.com for more information. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you get the best local and organic produce, a butcher shop, wine and cheese shop, fresh seafood, and hundreds of bulk herbs, spices, and more. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you create hundreds of union jobs and generate over $7 million in purchases from local farms and businesses. River Valley Co-op is your food hub, bringing you the best from around the valley and world while supporting your neighbors and local farmers. Shop River Valley Co-op in Northampton and East Hampton today. River Valley. 20 years ago, we envisioned creating a brighter future for people and planet. Now, PV Squared celebrates a big milestone. Two decades of designing, building, and maintaining quality solar projects for homes and businesses in our community. PV Squared is a worker-owned co-op. When you partner with us, you get a team dedicated to the success of your project, from your first meeting to servicing your system down the road. Build solar right and do business better. It's the co-op difference. Learn more at pvsquared.coop. They say that the one constant in life is change, and while that might be true for most things, one thing that hasn't changed is the great meal and great time you're always going to have at Roberto's in downtown Northampton. Stop by six nights a week to dine in, hang at the bar. If you don't want to eat in, there's always Roberto's new online ordering system. Just go to robertosnorthampton.com and you can order, pay, and pick up dinner six nights a week. Roberto's is open every day except Tuesdays, right on Pleasant Street in downtown Northampton. And save 30% on the Shop 30 store. What if there were a way to go into cancer surgery or treatment feeling more comfortable and optimistic? Recorded meditations can help. Doctors have said that it makes their job simpler. Nurses tell us their patients may go home sooner and need less pain medication. Cancer Connection creates custom meditations for people affected by cancer, and you don't even have to come in. Go to cancer-connection.org to learn more or donate today. Cancer Connection relies on local donations to make its services free of charge. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. And this is Mayor's Monday on WHMP, which means that we are speaking with one of our local mayors. It is East Hampton Mayor Nicole LaChapelle. Madam Mayor, thank you again for being with us. We began our show today speaking with you about Winterfest in East Hampton. There's another event that I know is important to East Hampton involving big brothers and big sisters. Can you tell us about that? Yes. On February 9th, uh, there will be a karaoke fundraiser of uh, different local um, officials, but also celebrities uh, singing a song of their choosing, karaoke style. And uh, it should be, it's at the Boylston Rooms. I will be one of the uh, singers, um, and I, uh, I'll i be singing uh, Taylor Swift, Shake It Up, in a special <laughs> way, yeah, in, in, in my own way, yeah. And, <laughs> in your own uh, way, huh? <laughs> in my own way, in my own way, kind of, you know. Um, and also with my performance, uh, there will be um, some special uh, items that you can uh, purchase for the benefit of big uh, brothers, big sisters, uh, that allows you to participate. So very, I'm very excited about this. I'm not sure how people are going to feel after my performance, but I'm going in feeling strong. I think the entire musical strong. community is just, 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 just can't barely wait to hear this and see the, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to Everybody, see this. Yeah. Where uh, is it? Yeah, well, where? it's at the Boylston Rooms. In East Hampton, uh, yeah, it's, uh, let's see, 6.30 to 9.30, yeah. 6.30 to 9.30, and tell us the date again? Uh, February 9th. 
Okay, so I know you're the headliner, Madam Mayor. Uh, there, uh, <laughs> oh. Can you tell us any more about what the performance will be? Um, you know, I don't. I mean, I have my own staging. I'm practicing uh, the music and uh, my dance steps. They'll be, you know, I'm going to be a hundred percent. Yeah, it's going to really be an entertainment thing. My my dog is very confused and already sick of "Shake It Up" by Taylor Swift. Um, but we're, you know, we're working through it. I I told her, you know, February 10th, it's all over. Just so you know, Mayor, it's a "Shake It Off," not "Shake It Up." Oh, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> but you're getting there. Look how much time you have, and practice uh, makes perfect. That was Dan Torres, yeah, by the way, who was with us on the running uh, the board. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go back and agree with uh, Bill. It is Monday. <laughs> oh, gosh. It is Monday. It is Monday. Yeah, well, I, I, I wasn't even close to the I was close to the date, but I was all the day. Oh, well. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to ask you go back to a more serious topic. Um, there's been a lot of news about many cities and their uh, policing, yeah. and uh, I think that there things have been pretty quiet in East Hampton. I would like to uh, ask you to bring us up to date in East Hampton about where things stand with regard to alternatives to policing, civilian responses, and civilian involvement to various calls. I know this was on your agenda, and we talked about it in the past, but I would appreciate an okay. update on where that stands in your city. Absolutely. So we are participating um, with the uh, part, our partner in this is Clinical Support Options, and we have a co-responder. We've had Oh, gosh, um, the co-responder for almost a year now um, and are continuing. We're actually working with CSO. Um, we're hoping that we can make that position permanent. Um, as well, I created a community social worker and um, added folks into the Department of Health um, to support police response, but also do the follow-up. You know, we, we tend to get a lot of calls from the same household or same person, and now the Department of Health or the community social worker can respond and follow up and, and hook folks up with services. As well, that department has been doing uh, groups with elders um, or, you know, small groups with uh, parents who are struggling with uh, different issues uh, we're fortunate to have learned to cope in East uh, East Works, working with uh, family members uh, affected by um, substance abuse, in particular uh, opioids. So very robust. We took the challenge on, um, started the work um, almost immediately, came out again of the mayor's pledge. What we've also been doing is updating the police incident command management software, which has taken a long time because our, our the rest of our infrastructure was, was so old and, and actually we had to replace, we had to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars to get it up to support that um, software. The software is in-house. We're starting to work with uh, the consultant to put that into action. I'm really looking forward. You know, you talk about a data-heavy program. Um, we're really pleased to have been able to put that that together at, at great expense. And uh, the police uh, wrote a grant. Um, they, you know, every department in East Hampton assesses their needs and decides, you know, what grant, um, you know, that, or grants they're applying for. The police um, applied for and got a grant for um, a mental health a professional uh, full-time uh, to come into the department and, and be there for members of the police, the fire, and city hall employees. Well, let me ask you this. Can you, can you yeah. tell, uh, you tell, say it's data-driven. Do you have data? Do you, I mean, by that, I mean the city. Does the city have data as to whether or not this involvement of civilians, of uh, community support options, the helping professions, whether it has had an effect, whether it is a measurable effect of benefit to the city and to the police department and to public safety in general? We have some. Um, we're still using the older system and codes out of dispatch. Um, so we know that there is 
anecdotally at best a positive impact that that we've followed up with. Um, but the data that we're talking about where we can really track response, where um, the co-responder mental health professional was at a call or not, who followed up, did anybody follow up, um, won't won't come until we've got that ICM, uh, the Incident Command Center management, um, all up and running. Um, so we're we're getting there, but um, you know, I, I know it's a cliche, but uh, supply chain. Uh, but all the equipment is in in house, and I'm I'm looking forward uh, to really having a robust policing in East Hampton. Um, report on a quarterly basis that will go up on our website, but we're not there yet. Okay. We have uh, we are really out of time, but I want to ask you for a minute to tell us that a lot has happened in East Hampton with regard to infrastructure. Maybe you could give us a minute overview, and then we'll come back to this discussion next month. Mayor Oshapel? Sure. Um, we have got several infrastructure projects going on, but what it boils down to is um, Union Street, uh, Main Street in front of City Space, and then Route 10 down uh, to the um, Route 10 down to Tasty Top, where we have gotten millions of dollars put aside from the federal government, and we are redesigning uh, that whole corridor uh, to make a little more sense for all sorts of traffic, vehicle, uh, pedestrian, and cycle traffic. Uh, there will be a lot of public participation opportunities to see what people want to see. Um, but also, there will be a lot of construction. Um, and Deval Patrick always you know, said, I like sitting in traffic, in construction traffic, because I know things are going to get better. Um, so I, I plead for some patience. If you're driving through uh, East Hampton, we've got major infrastructure projects right now scheduled out until 2030. Um, but very exciting. We, we need to do it. Um, and not to mention, we'll be able to upgrade sewer and water to make sure um, that we're effectively using those tools. And we're, and we're giving people the best water in the country, like, like we've done for generations. We'll come back to this next month. Madam Mayor, thank you so much for being with us thank on you. this Mayor's Monday. We've been speaking with the Mayor of East Hampton, Nicole LaChapelle. We'll be right back with the Comedy Quiz. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. A Southampton man is facing multiple charges, including rape and threatening to commit murder related to incidents in 2017 and 2022. 40-year-old Matthew James Tebow entered a not-guilty plea in Hampshire Superior Court on Friday to 22 indictments handed down by a grand jury last month. The charges relate to multiple victims. Tebow will be held without right to bail until a dangerousness hearing January 20th at 10 a.m. A new activist group called Party for Socialism and Liberation is putting down roots in Western Mass. Yesterday, about a dozen activists associated with the group gathered outside Northampton City Hall to demonstrate against the increasing electricity rates by Eversource and National Grid. Bart Borisius, an environmental scientist, spoke at the event. Instead of simply arguing that the rates are too high, we must argue that investors should not be enriched for dispossessing people of the shelter and heat they need to survive. Borisius says the group is demanding the city of Northampton establish a municipally owned utility provider that will better regulate energy prices and provide subsidized rates for the poorest people in the city struggling to pay their bills. Massachusetts DOT plans to partially reopen the General Pierce Bridge in Greenfield by Friday. The bridge will reopen one lane of alternating traffic, similar to how it operated before the current rehabilitation project. Some work is still needed before the full reopening that is set for late March of this year, including the installation of a pedestrian light system. Sunshine this morning, clouds this afternoon, chance for a few rain showers late in the day, a high of 42 to 46. Variable clouds tonight, sprinkle or a flurry possible, overnight low 26 to 32. Tomorrow, mixture of sun and clouds and a high of 44 to 48. 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP. 
This News Minute is brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. Yo soy Johan Reshivega con la síntesis informativa de Holyoke Media. El Consejo de la Casa Blanca y el Servicio Secreto dijeron el lunes que no existen registros de visitantes para la casa del presidente Joe Biden en Wilmington, Delaware, donde se encontraron documentos clasificados de sus días como vicepresidente, ya que es una residencia privada. El Servicio Secreto, que tiene la tarea de proteger a los presidentes actuales y pasados y sus familias, no mantiene de forma independiente nuestros propios registros de visitantes porque es una residencia privada, dijo el portavoz de la agencia Anthony Guglielmi. El presidente republicano del Comité de Supervisión de la Cámara de Representantes, James Comer, exigió el domingo registros de visitantes para la casa del demócrata Biden en Wilmington después de que se encontraron documentos clasificados en su oficina y garaje allí. Los republicanos han tratado de comparar el caso de los documentos de Biden con el de Trump, quien enfrenta una investigación penal federal sobre cómo manejó documentos clasificados después de dejar la Casa Blanca en 2021. Los expertos legales han notado las diferencias entre los dos casos. La Casa Blanca dice que el equipo de Biden entregó los documentos que encontró. Trump se había resistido a hacerlo hasta que el FBI realizó una búsqueda en agosto en su casa de Palm Beach, Florida. En otras informaciones, el Departamento de Transporte de Massachusetts anunció que a partir de este martes, una parte de la carretera interestatal 391 en ambas direcciones, tanto rumbo al norte como al sur en Holyoke, se cerrará durante seis meses debido a construcción y reparaciones del tramo. Los automóviles que viajen por la 391 en dirección norte deberán usar la salida 6 hacia Commercial Street. El tráfico de camiones se dirigirá por la salida 5 hacia Main Street. Para el tráfico en en dirección sur, todos los vehículos se desviarán por South Street y luego ingresarán a la 391 en dirección sur a través de la rampa de Main Street. Yo soy Johan Rashi Vega y esta fue la síntesis informativa de Hollywood Media a través de WHMP. This News Minute has been brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. And because this is the third, I've just learned, Tuesday of the month, that means it is time for our monthly comedy quiz. I'd like to turn the microphone over to Maddie Benjamin. Maddie. Thank you so much, Bill. And I am very glad to be with you on this surprise Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Maddie Benjamin. I'm the program manager and facilitator of fun at Happier Valley Comedy Theater and monthly nerd in residence. And this is the Happier Valley Comedy Comedy Quiz Show. I am here this month to ask a handful of smart people to answer some questions about subjects they know nothing about, and I am joined by Happier Valley Comedy Artistic Director Scott Braidman. And today, uh, we have our two additional players are going to be the fabulous Bill Newman and Dan Torres hopping on the mic. <laughs> how are you, Dan? <laughs> uh, I think I'm okay. I'm not sure. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> and we, of course, invite you all to play along at home. And unlike the people in the studio, I don't get to give points or withhold points from your answers. So, <laughs> so everybody at home is a winner and everyone in the studio is, is, is in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, this month, uh, I have a prepared a quiz to see how much these folks know about the future. And by that, I mean dystopian future media. <laughs> so I have some questions on books, movies, uh, TV, that all takes place in the future. How are we feeling about that topic? Oh, I'm very optimistic about <laughs> the future. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm not at all optimistic about the next three minutes. <laughs> Quite nervous about the next three minutes. <laughs> anyway, everybody take your happy pills before we start. Yep. Mm -hmm. The only thing to keep you balanced in this new... Is that the red one? Is that the black one? What are we talking about here? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you can find. All right, so I have the first question here. We have some multiple choice questions uh, to start us off. And uh, this first question will just make us all feel old. Uh, in, the ba in Back to the Future Part 2, Marty McFly travels into the future to save his family's legacy from the influence of bully Biff Tannen. What year is the future? Is it A, 2000, B, 2015, C, 2025 or D 2050 Scott I'm gonna go with 2015 2015 mm. I'm inclined to think that uh, 
Scott is really smart, (laughs) (laughs) is of an age where he probably still remembers this. And the movie was a while ago, so maybe 2015 is possible. I don't know the answer. Uh, I'm going to cut Bill off. I'm going to say 2000. (laughs) I'm going to go with 2000 before he goes. That must have been the year. That movie was made a while ago. It has to be 2000. I'm going to go with 2050 because it's a century from 1950. Okay, that's my my final answer. All right. And the correct answer, as long as it took you to get there, was 2015. So a point for Bill (laughs) and a point for Scott. So Bill was right. I am smart. You are. (laughs) We already knew that, though. I do have glasses. Okay. (laughs) All right. Question two. Uh, Written in 1949... 1984 paints a startling image of a dystopian future ruled by three perpetually warring super states. Which of the following is not one of these three states? Is it A, Oceania, B, East Asia, C, Eurasia, or D, Pan America? B. All right, so we have Dan saying B, East Asia mm-hmm. is not one of the super states. Great. D, Pan, Pan America. Right. And I'll go with, uh, I believe it was C, Eurasia. Hmm, well, uh, he didn't even need to rely on Scott this time. Bill got the correct answer. Hey. It's D, Pan America. Oh. Yeah, I kind of knew that one. We have <laughs> always been at war with East Asia. We have never been at war with Pan America. <laughs> I don't right, know. right. This country is more is interested mean? in Pan America, which, it, but anyway, Bill, not Bill, there. talk to me about international relations. Are we going to war? Is that what that means? Is that the future by 2050? Okay. All right. Uh, so, still time to catch up to Bill. Uh, we'll see if he knows about uh, Disney Channel pop music. Uh, in the Jonas Brothers song, The Year 3000. I haven't oh. understood any of this word so far. <laughs> Not a one. <laughs> what are we talking uh, about? This is pop culture, right? Uh, oh, okay. Yes, yes. Uh, um, um, the Jonas Brothers. Uh, they sang a song called The Year 3000, in which the, the narrator sings, I've been to the year 3000. Not much has changed, but which of the following is true about the Jonas Brothers' future? <laughs> Is it A, they all live in a bubble? Is it B, they all have antennae? Is it C, they live underwater? Or is it D, they only drink Coca-Cola? What did the Jonas Brothers find in the year 3000? I'm going to go with they only drink Coca-Cola. Go ahead, Bill. I like that idea. I mean, no, I hate that idea. (laughs) Wait a second. I'm I'm ambivalent about that idea. But I'm going to go with Coca-Cola because it's just so goofy, and I have no idea what the right answer is. Bill has been getting everything right, so I feel like I have to agree with him. But I'm going to feel like the bubble thing. I don't know why. There was a movie about that. I don't know. Something... Yeah, we, uh, there were many the movies. Bubble about. Boy, right? <laughs> uh, well, I'm all shocked that I don't have any Jonas Brothers fans in the room. Uh, but the correct answer is, I've been to the year 3000. Not much has changed, but they live underwater. Oh, <laughs> right. Not much has Global changed. warming, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saw The Way of Water this weekend, which was uh, really spectacular. Visually spectacular. I should have guessed that. And 10 bonus points to whoever was at home thinking, a quiz about the dystopian future. This probably includes the Jonas Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? I did. Okay, did anyone get that right? Does anyone no. get a point? No, not nobody a point. got a point. Not a point. Yep. But should... if you want to give me a pity point, I, I'll take it at uh, this point. Okay, and we're going to give it. We're, we're going to give a half a point. Half a pity point. Thank wow, you, this no, is yeah. groundbreaking. I've never seen a half <laughs> pity point awarded just by ass. I'm first time on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the last. <laughs> I want a point at least, or half a point. <laughs> and if you don't get any other points, Dan, we're mm. going to up it. We're going to round it up. To one? To one. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bill, you're so generous. Wow. Wow, this Monday, Tuesday is I making know. Bill a more generous scorekeeper than I usual. I know. What's going on? Okay. Is it Christmas time already? <laughs> All right. Uh, so we have question four. In Ernest Klein's Ready Player One, 
the main character, Wade Watts, escapes the harsh reality of life in 2044 by plugging into a virtual world called what? Is it A, Oasis, B, Eden, C, Haven, or D, Utopia? Well, I think I think Scott should go first. <laughs> I, I really do, uh, because although this is radio, I think it's fair to give away that I saw not I saw uh, Scott nodding his head up and down, as in I got this one. <laughs> did you notice? Did you notice when I suddenly stopped nodding my head? Up and down? <laughs> yes, you uh, stopped nodding when I started noticing. I got that because I read the book and saw the movie and cannot for the life of me remember what it was called, but. I'm going to go with Haven. I think that's what it is. I'm not sure. Oh, I think a little backing up, a little... A little, a little that was, up. yeah, hedging, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed the hedging. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Scott. That's that's what I'm going to do because I have no idea and I haven't you seen them. You look confused about <laughs> one player one. When she said that, your face was like, what are you saying right now? Is that a song, a movie? <laughs> Help me here. <laughs> Help me. It's, in the world of pop culture, I am so lost. I, I can tell, yeah. Dan, you don't have to agree that quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had to on that one, yeah. <laughs> um, I will go with, can you give me the options again? I certainly can. Your options are A, Oasis, B, Eden, C, Haven, or D, Utopia. Um, I'll go with A. Oasis? Yeah. And that was a stellar guess, Dan. That is the correct answer. (laughs) And I didn't even watch this movie. I didn't even watch it. I can't believe it. I'm so happy. I can't believe I got point. I got set up for a pity point just before this. And now (laughs) can you believe this? Dan Torres is in the lead on this month's comedy quiz. How can that be? I don't know. That's oh my goodness. You should be ashamed of yourself, Bill. This score, this scoring stuff is really complicated. Okay, <laughs> Maddie, let's have one more before we go to our break. All right, great. Uh, Jules Verne's Paris in the 20th century, while written in 1860, makes shockingly accurate predictions of technology to come in the next century. What future technology does the novel not predict? So I'm going to list four inventions that Um, He may have uh, predicted one of which was not in this novel. Was it A, the fax machine, B, the synthesizer, C, video games, or D, cars powered by internal combustion engines? Which was not in Jules Verne's novel. Which did Jules Verne not predict as coming in the century to follow? Video games. I've... That sounded con- like confident, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask a question about the answers. What is a synthesizer exactly? You mean like a musical instrument? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so I'll go with that. Did Jules Verne. Predict new wave is the question. New wave, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that sounds unlikely. Uh, I'm going to go with synthesizer as not being in, predicted by Jules Verne. Great. Well, the correct answer was given by the very confident Scott Braithen. Uh-huh. Oh. And it was, in fact, video games. See, what? you followed me down, Bill. You see what you did? <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't have. Yeah. You listened to me. Yeah, I, It's a okay. big mistake. Where does that leave our scores at the end of uh, round one, Bill? Somehow, uh, ironically, it appears that uh, one Newman is in last place. <laughs> Dan Torres is in the middle of all this, and Scott Braidman is in the lead. <laughs> yes. On the other hand, I think he has an in with the quiz master. We're going to explore that and <laughs> see what we can come up with during the break, and we will let you know on the other side. We continue with our monthly comedy quiz right after this. Bill Newman, WHMP. Hello, 
Get takeout, save 30%. Get candles or hit the links, save 30%. Dog grooming, outdoor recreation, burritos, save 30%. The Shop 30 store, full value gift certificates to local restaurants and merchants, plus tickets and events. Just click, print, and save 30% on the stuff you were gonna buy anyway. The Shop 30 store, open right now at whmp.com. When it comes to investing, we're taught the higher the risk, the better the reward. Francis Ram, the money doctor, says it isn't necessarily true. We need to remember that with risk comes the potential for losses, and making up losses can set us back or worse, delay our retirement. You've heard the testimonials for years about how her patented program helps people become 100% debt-free, far ahead of schedule. But did you know that for more than 35 years, Dr. Ram has been helping people retire well without unnecessary risk? Dr. Ram says most people mistakenly accept that in order to earn attractive interest rates, they must tolerate risk and that choosing safety means settling for lackluster returns. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can earn competitive rates and minimize taxes without risking a single dollar of your hard-earned savings. Contact the money doctor at Hug Your Money for a free consultation. Call 413-773-3333 or visit Hug HugYourMoney.com. Every Friday morning, Monty visits the wine snobs to talk about wine at State Street. But I don't see wine here, Ringo. What do you got? Well, who am I? You're the spirit guy. Uh-oh. So you're taking me down the road of spirit. So our next whiskey is from High Coast. It's called Have, H-A-V, which means sea, like the ocean. Where's High Coast? Sweden. What? This is a Swedish whiskey. Have. And this one was in uh, the top whiskeys of the year list. It was number six. Wow. Right? Swedish whiskey. I mean, I know they have really good food there because of the Swedish chef. Yeah. Naturally. Bork, bork. You have to assemble this whiskey all by yourself without any instructions. That's the <laughs> thing about it. They trap you in this big box and then they give you like just diagrams of what you're supposed to do with this. Yeah, just pictures of grains. It's whiskey from Sweden, from High Coast. And how much is this one? You can have this one for $57.99. You know. I like what you there see and that's a good price too find your favorite whiskey and your next favorite whiskey at state street hi this is jessica from fitness together i meet clients every day who tell me that as the number on their scale grew higher their self-esteem dropped lower and going to a traditional gym absolutely terrified them here at Fitness Together, we'll work with you one-on-one, -on -one, either virtually or in one of our private suites in Amherst or Northampton. We'll help you set and reach your fitness goals, and most importantly, smile every time you look in the mirror. Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. Your self-worth is worth Fitness Together. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. And we are having an uplifting, light little discussion on the comedy quiz this month. We are talking about our dystopian future. What could be funnier than that? Hey, usually I bring something lighthearted, so it was my <laughs> turn to bring the downer to the Bill Newman show. <laughs> okay, Maddie Benjamin, what do you got for us now? All right, so we did uh, multiple choice questions in the first half, and we're moving into some short answer questions. So this is open response. Uh, whenever you know it, you can chime on in. Uh, great, so the first question in this category is... Uh, Blade Runner, the 1982 film directed by Ridley Scott, which is set in 2019 Los Angeles, is an adaptation of what science fiction novel? Oh, I know this one. Uh, I, I think it's uh, do, do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I think it's the name. Oh, it's something like that. Uh, and that's by uh, Philip K. Dick. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to teamwork. you. It's my first time. It's teamwork. It was a collaboration. Yeah, I love it. I want part of that point. You got it absolutely correct. The I'm, title, and uh, I do follow Philip K. Dick. Okay, so on that one, I have no idea. So wow. You should just agree we're, with us, We're going to give Scott Braidman a point for getting it right. Mm -hmm. We're going to give Dan a point for getting it right, and Dan another point for collaboration and cooperation, which is things we want to espouse and encourage in the future. I'm, thank you, Bill. Wow, I appreciate that. Are Which you puts to Dan to in the lead. Wow. <laughs> in the lead and Miss Congeniality, Dan Torres. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. That's okay. It was kind of a Philip K. move. You know? Okay. He taught me well, I guess. <laughs> 
All right. Question two. Maybe Bill will have a chance to say something this time. Maybe. Uh, what actress, who would eventually become the first person born in the 1990s to win an ask- acting Oscar, rose to fame playing Katniss Everdeen in the film adaptation of the teen dystopian fantasy series The Hunger Games? Jennifer Lawrence. By Philip K. Dick. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was was one of her films. Wow. Yes, it was the film where she broke out from. Yeah, that was it. I'm sorry. It was. I, that is my answer no. to your question. Okay. You so are. Should, should we're like we're going to get. Like that? <laughs> it is Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> to, to, I don't know what's going on here. A point. Did I get that right? A point for. Uh, did, did, are they right? Well, yeah. you have to guess, you two. I mean, you have no, given your answer. It's Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Okay. Indeed. So, Bill, do you agree with us? I absolutely agree. Because you, sound so you know good. everything about show business, so of course you do. And I should know. You should, Jennifer you should, Lawrence. You should know. Yeah, I should. I'm very disappointed in you right now, Bill. I'm not sure I'm ever going to do your show again. You know, we're going to lose. We're, you could lose that Miss Congeniality. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do that to me, Bill. Don't do that to me. Good cooperation, good, you know, all these positive human attributes that we want. And there he has to. Jeez. Well, oh well. We're going to leave the point, but you're on thin ice. (laughs) (laughs) A point for everyone. All right. I think we have time for one more uh, open response, and it is Wally follows a trash collecting robot in the 22nd century who falls in love with a sleek new robot named Eve. What does Eve's name stand for? It is E V E. Points for creativity. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I love that movie, but it's been years, Maddie. Years. Mm-hmm. Uh, electronic vacuum efficiency. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> she God. was a Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> You read my mind. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's scary. I, uh, what, what was that, Bill? Oh, my that, God. That's Are what you I okay? think. Do you need medical attention? I'm okay. Right I'm now? just trying to run out the clock oh here. <laughs> you should have come up with something else, Bill. I should have. I should have. Well, um, Scott is wrong, but I think okay. he should be the only one who gets a point because he actually tried, and so he gets a creativity a, point. A, a and now we have the quiz master who's engaged to the contestant, giving I'm him not a engaged to Scott. Braidman? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. They just work together. <laughs> they just work together at Comedy Quiz. I got that Bill, wrong. Bill, Bill, come up right. with an idea. What does EVE mean or stand for? I've run out the clock. Come on, Bill. <laughs> well, the Electronic? correct answer is extraterrestrial vegetation evaluator. Uh, and what is our it. final scores today, Bill? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six for Scott Braidman and one and a half, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, seven and a half points for Dan Torres and Woo. how to put this, I lost. And But we got an extra point for our quiz master, Maddie, Maddie Benjamin, for uh-huh. coming up with this really remarkable quiz. <laughs> yes. Okay. So fun. And if you want to uh, give improv a shot at Happier Valley Comedy, our registration is now open. And there are a few spots left in Improv One, which is the first level of the Happier Valley Comedy Training Center. And we would love if you could join us. If not, we will see you back here next month. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dan. This is Bill Newman, WHM. Northampton Neighbors is free of charge and open to all with a range of social and volunteer opportunities as well as services and support for members 55 and older in the city of Northampton. Need help? Want to help? Join us as a member, a volunteer, or donor. Northampton Neighbors is about more than aging in place. We're about engaging in place, this place. Find us online at northamptonneighbors.org or call us at 413-341-0160. Live and local news and talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. Northampton Radio Group Station.